This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 165. Five ways to slow down and be more mindful. Do you live a fast-paced life and struggle to lower your stress levels? Or do you tend to multitask and get distracted easily? Are you more emotionally reactive than you would like? Or are you just looking to improve your overall well-being? If you said yes to any or many of these questions, you could use some slowing down and mindfulness in your life. I'm sure you've heard of mindfulness before. It's really nothing new, but for some reason, we often skip the most basic and simple practices, even when we know that they're good for us. Slowing down and mindfulness is accessible and useful to all level practitioners. So no matter where you are on your journey, you can use today's tools. We'll talk about the difference between slowing down and mindfulness, the benefits of these practices, and we'll look at five things you can do to practice slowing down and becoming more mindful. I want to say thank you if you've reached out to me on Instagram to talk about any of my other solo episodes. I'm so glad they have been helpful and I love connecting with you guys. I would really love to chat about or read your takeaways on today's episode. So either send me a DM or take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways on Instagram, tagging at on and off your mat podcast. Do you know someone that wants to heal and grow who needs to hear today's episode? Share it and help someone else on their healing journey. All right, ready for today's episode? Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back. Mindfulness and slowing down are two concepts that are usually or often used interchangeably, but they have distinct differences enough that I think it's important for us to understand. While both practices aim to improve mental health and well-being, they kind of differ in their approach and in their goals. Slowing down refers to the act of reducing the pace of one's life, usually by taking a break from your fast pace or stressful routines. The goal of slowing down is to relieve stress, to increase relaxation, and to reduce the negative impact that a fast-paced lifestyle can have on physical and mental health. We've talked in details about the effect of stress in past episodes. You can check Understanding Your Stress, episode 117. But just as a reminder, stress affects your hormones. One example would be increasing the level of cortisol, which can lead to weight gain, increasing the risk of developing chronic disease such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure. It can also affect your immune system, so making you more susceptible to illness and infections. It can exacerbate mental health conditions, particularly anxiety and depression. It can increase your physical, mental, emotional exhaustion, leading to burnout. It can create sleep problems such as insomnia, and the list goes on and on and on. Slowing down can be achieved through any activity where you choose to slow down the pace of what you're doing. Something like walking, practicing yoga, or slow breathing are common examples where it's easy to slow down the pace. On the other hand, mindfulness is a mental state that is achieved by focusing your awareness on the present moment while accepting it without judgment. So it's about curiosity and kindness in the moment. It involves paying attention to your thoughts, feelings, and sensations without getting lost in them. The goal of mindfulness is to cultivate that awareness and to reduce stress and anxiety and overall well-being. But it starts with the awareness. 
mindfulness can be practiced in particular, like mindful practices such as meditation or deep breathing exercise, or it could be more general and becoming mindful in everyday activity like movement. An example we'll talk about later is walking. Mindfulness is a practice that has been gaining popularity in the recent years and for good reasons. Science has shown that practicing mindfulness can have a profound impact on your mental and physical health. So while mindfulness and slowing down are two different things, we're kind of talking about them together because slowing down to me is the first step towards developing mindfulness. By taking the time to slow down and become more present to the moment, then you can start to pay attention to what's going on. And then once you have a habit of paying attention, you can learn to do that without judgment. So I find that if we stay in our fast paced rhythm, we don't even have time to catch ourselves in the judgment. And we're not quite observing what's happening in the moment because we're mostly thinking about the past and the future. So they really come hand in hand. Slowing down is crucial for the development of mindfulness because it also allows us to shift our focus from external world and turn internally, right? Towards our thoughts, towards our feelings, towards our sensations. So when we slow down and we become more present, then we are able, as I was saying, to observe our thoughts, our feelings, and we're able to do that objectively rather than getting caught up. So let's talk about ways that we can slow down and use mindfulness in your daily life. Number one is a body scan. A body scan is a mindful exercise that involves focusing on different parts of your body and becoming aware of any sensations or feelings. The slowing down aspect comes from the stopping of the multitasking or paying attention to other things because you're focusing on one body part at the time. So even instead of having a general check-in of like, how do I feel? When we do a body scan, we break it down into smaller pieces and we have this conversation. We ask the questions, how do my toes feel? How do my feet feel? How about my ankles? So this practice helps us not only reduce stress, but also manage pain and improve sleep. I think it's a really good place to start when we want to learn to listen to our bodies. Since during a body scan, we're not actively doing anything else, it's a good stepping stone to practice listening to our body while eventually we do other activities. Body scan are also usually done lying down, so it's a little easier than like a seated meditation. And as it involves focusing on each part of your body, usually we start from the toes and we work our way up towards the head. And as we focus on each body part, we pay attention to sensation and we consciously relax those parts of the body. So to do it, you would find a quiet place somewhere where you won't be disturbed. You would turn off your phone and any other distractions. And as you find a comfortable laying down position, you can use any support as you need. In some cases, people are going to talk about body scans that can be done seated up. And yeah, they can for sure. I would recommend that if you tend to fall asleep, if you're laying on your back. But if you are able to stay awake and aware, I would suggest doing body scans on your back in a comfortable position. 
you can use the guided practice for a lot of people that's easier, especially when we start. And I do have one available for you for free. So I'll put a link in the show notes for you to get the body scan practice with me. It's a yoga nidra. So there's a body scan in there and then there's a bit more relaxation and some visualization, but it's a really, really great practice. So by starting your focus on your toes and slowly working your way up the body, I like to inhale and bring my attention to my toes. And then as I exhale, I relax the toes and I continue like that. Inhale, bring the attention to the sole of the foot. Exhale, relax the sole of the foot. Inhale, bring the attention to the top of the foot. Exhale, relax the top of the foot. Inhale, bring your attention to your ankle and exhale, relax. And you can keep doing that. And over time, between the inhale and the exhale, you can add a practice of noticing sensations like texture, temperature, density, tightness versus spaciousness, weight, aches, the rising and falling with the breath or the expansion, retraction with the breath a heartbeat, the process of digestion. With every part of the body, you can start to notice things and that's going to bring you more present into the mindfulness. And again, you notice without having a story about it, right? If something feels tight, you're letting go of the, that means X, Y, Z about my body. You let go of the judgment, the criticism, the commentary aspect of it. It's about learning to be okay with what is. Like, oh, I feel tightness here. Hmm, this feels warm. This feels heavier than the other part, right? And just becoming comfortable with noticing and stating it as a fact without getting yourself into like, oh, I'm crooked. I'm not okay. Oh, my shoulder is really tight. I wonder what I did there. I must have done something wrong, right? It's getting out of those stories and just watching, noticing, and consciously relaxing while you're there. Once you're comfortable with body scans, you can use that next level of awareness that you have now and bring it into other practices. Where I like to go from there is to deep breathing. So that's our number two. Deep breathing is a practice that sounds like nothing sometimes. And you'll hear oftentimes like deep breathing is good for this and it's good for that. But we are such in the routine with our breath. I mean, breathing is a vital aspect of our life, but we often don't give it much thought, right? And we tend to breathe more shallow. So although it's different, it's an effort that's required to do deep breathing, but we almost like skip over and we're like, well, that can't make that big of a difference really. But what happens is that with those short, shallow breaths, we only engage the top portion of our lungs. And this type of breathing is common where we are in a state of stress or anxiety, or this type of breath will create a state of stress or anxiety. So it's like a vicious cycle. And then that can increase feelings of tension and discomfort, particularly in the shoulders and neck and the muscles that are made to be accessory to breathing, but not your main breather muscles. Shallow breathing can also lead to a lack of oxygen in your body, which can cause fatigue and other health problems. In contrast, what we're asking to do is deep breathing, which means a slow, control way of breathing that engages the entire 
lung capacity. So when we practice deep breathing, we inhale deeply and we exhale slowly, allowing the lungs to fully expand and contract. Deep breathing is a simple practice, but it's a powerful tool to cultivate mindfulness as it brings you to focus on the present moment and helps you calm your mind and your body. Just the fact that it has to be a little bit of an effort to take a full breath that is not your common everyday when you're not thinking about in breath because you have to stay present with every breathing in and breathing out to make sure that it goes all the way down into the belly, to make sure that it expands the rib cage 360 degrees around, that it expands the waist and the belly around, just to be present, to stay connected with a long, full inhale and a long, full exhale, that brings you into mindfulness. Also, by doing deep breathing, it allows you to breathe less breath per minute and slow down the pace of your thoughts. Oftentimes you'll notice in these practices that the thoughts really mirror the breath. So as you slow down the breath, you'll slow down the thoughts. And so that's going to help you quiet your mind. And it'll be easier to catch yourself when you get into the judgment. Because as we focus on our breath, we become more aware of our thoughts and our feelings. We can observe them again without getting caught in them. But this is partly because we have a bit more time to respond to situations and to do that in a more mindful and intentional way rather than reacting impulsively. So this is how we become more mindful. Taking slow, deep breaths can also help you calm your mind and body just by lowering your stress level and improving your sleep in general. Because when we take deep breaths, we activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps to regulate our stress response and promote relaxation. If you want to learn more about the different state of our nervous system, you'll have episode 101, Nervous System 101, and a few other episodes that talk about the nervous system. So if you want to go geek out on this and have more information, go back to those episodes. So as we release the stress and we promote relaxation, there's physiological response here that has a direct impact on your mental state, and it will help decrease anxiety and promote feelings of calmness and peace. So once we start slowing down enough to notice the body sensations and then to deepen our breath, I like to add movement. So number three is slowing down the pace of your favorite movement practice. As you move more slowly through your yoga practice, your favorite gym routine or pool laps, you will be able to start paying more attention as your body moves to the way it moves and how it feels when it does that. Other than yoga, my favorite way to go into mindful movement is walking or hiking. I think mindfulness is inherent to yoga, so I want to give you a different everyday example. You might be accustomed to walking with purpose, right? Walking to get somewhere in this time and age, time being money, like chances are your pace of walking is on the faster side. What would happen if you consciously slowed down your pace, right? If you practice to walk more slowly, that would actually ripple in other areas of your life. It allows you to slow down overall because you start to really act. It's like your behavior now is becoming more slow. And because walking is such a rhythmic practice, I think it's a great way to keep track of the speed of that rhythm or that rhythm itself. And it might sound 
easier when I say you just walk slower, but I promise it's harder than it seems. We have to get out of the mindset of productivity, of the idea of walking more or less in a certain amount of time, about completing a certain amount of steps or a goal in kilometers or miles, or just making the most of our time. Changing your mindset around the goal of your walk will help you slow down and be more mindful if subconsciously the goal is based in exercise, if it has anything to do with weight, digestion, stamina, it will consciously be very difficult to slow down because that won't be aligned with the goal that you have, even if those are subconscious. And this is where shifting your goals to walking for stress relief, for connection within, for connection with nature, for connection with a partner if you walk with someone, to personal growth and more, will allow you to slow down with more ease and stay more present with less effort. So going on a mindful walk means being present in the moment to moment with what's happening inside you and around you. This is the first practice where we're outside. We're not in a quiet space. We're not in a, I won't be disturbed environment. So we stay present with inside and outside. Inside, you can notice your thirst, the sun on your skin, the wind in your hair. It's kind of outside to inside, right? It's the surface, let's say. Outside, you can notice the nature around you. You can notice the leaves, the flowers, the butterflies. You can use your other senses too. Like you could listen to the sound of your steps on the pavement or the sound of your breath as it comes in and out, or especially if you're going uphill or something like that. And over time, you can become even more meditative and match your steps to your breath. I love to breathe in on four steps and breathe out on four steps. So I inhale and then step one, two, three, four. Exhale while I step one, two, three, four. And I continue like that. This is a rhythm that works really well for me. You can also pay attention at the way your feet are stepping, naming as you notice, let's say heel, mount, toes, heel, mount, toes with every step you take, heel, mount, toes, or whatever is your gait pattern. Something that helps here is to remove your usual distractions. Since already you have the visual distractions of being outside, there's an extra challenge here. But a way to make this easier on yourself is to not bring your phone, to not listen to music, not even podcast or audiobooks or anything like that. That way you give yourself space for your thoughts to come through and for your body sensation to send information on your state. Being mindful is about removing those distractions, the thing that pull your attention away so you can be more in the present moment, right? So you can pay more attention and you can choose to direct your attention. That is all ways that are going to help you get off of autopilot, which I think is kind of the opposite of being mindful, right? Being on the autopilot of our life. As we learn to redirect our attention and choose our focus, we can become more intentional and bring in gratitude practices. This is our number four, gratitude. Practicing gratitude is a way to focus on the positive aspects of your life, and that can have a profound impact on your well-being. 
Research has shown that people who practice gratitude have lower levels of depression and anxiety and report higher levels of happiness and life satisfaction. Slowing down is an essential component of gratitude. When we are caught up in the fast-paced, busy lives that we lead, it can be difficult to take a moment to reflect and appreciate all the things we already have. By practicing gratitude, we slow down and give ourselves permission to focus on the present moment. This allows us to become more mindful and aware again of our thoughts, our feelings, and our surroundings now. Gratitude and mindfulness are intertwined because practicing gratitude requires us to be present in the moment and mindful of the good things in our lives. Too often, we get caught up into the regrets about the past, the worries about the future, and we forget to be grateful for what we have in the right now. So practicing mindfulness by focusing on your senses and the present moment and taking time to appreciate the small pleasures in life, you know, like a delicious meal or a beautiful sunset, will help you be in the moment, know what is happening, and instead of being judgmental about it, what we tend to do, instead of being judgmental about it, now you're grateful for it. So you're shifting it, you're bringing the kindness, you're bringing the compassion, you're bringing the gratitude to shift the vibration within yourself. Gratitude in that way is also helpful to manage stress and anxiety. So by focusing on the positive aspects of our lives, we can shift our perspective away from the negative thoughts and the quote-unquote negative emotions. This can help us reduce stress and increase our feeling of peace and calm. You can actively practice gratitude by expressing it to others. Make it a practice to every day say thank you to people who have made a positive impact in your life. Try sending a thank you note, a thank you text, or simply expressing your gratitude in person. You'd be surprised on how not only appreciation can have a positive impact on your life, but how it can improve someone's day and your relationships too. You can also keep a gratitude journal using positive affirmation or writing down what you're grateful for each day. There's kind of two ways to do it. One, you can celebrate at the end of the day, the best part of your day, or you can start your day by just writing three things you are grateful for, no matter how small they may seem. The more you can connect emotionally to the feeling of gratitude, the more impact it's going to have. So it's not just words that you're putting on paper. They're like, oh, I have to do this gratitude practice. I'm grateful for the sun. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful that I'm alive. You have to believe yourself a little bit in it if you want this to have an impact. Another way to cultivate gratitude is volunteering or giving to others. That can help you focus on the needs of others and increase your sense of gratitude by comparing your situation. Whether it's donating to a charity, volunteering to a local organization, or simply helping a neighbor, giving to others can be a rewarding way to practice gratitude. Once you've built your awareness, you've practiced focusing on your breath, you've connected those two with movements, and you've practiced shifting your focus, you can continue to slow down and go deeper into mindfulness with meditation. Number five is mindful meditation. 
Meditation on its own, it forces us to slow down quite a bit, right? And this is why the beginning, when you start meditating, minutes can feel like hours. Mindfulness meditation is a type of meditation that focuses on bringing someone's attention to the present moment. Again, without judgment. Do you see the pattern? <laughs> the aim is to develop your awareness, again, and a non-reactive relationship with your thoughts, your emotions, and your sensation. There's a place here, though, for self-study that we might not have had as well or as much in the other practices. So to practice mindful meditation, you can find a quiet and comfortable place to sit, and you'll sit with your straight back. Close your eyes and lower your gaze and focus on your breath. So we're closing our attention, we're turning inward, and we're starting to observe the body. And the thing that's the most obvious is usually the breath. So this is why we start there. Then we bring your attention to the sensations of the body. It could be the breath. As it moves in and it moves out, your body's going to move slightly. But you can also come back to a body scan if you need to really kind of quiet your mind. If you're feeling a little agitated, a body scan might calm you down a little bit more. Once you feel like you have quiet down, you're more present and you're more aware, then you can stop the doing and you can just be. But when your mind starts to wander around again, then you gently bring yourself back to the breath and to the sensations of the body, and you repeat this process for the duration of your meditation. You focus your attention, you let go of the effort, your mind wanders, you come back. And catching yourself wandering away gives you a chance to show up without judgment again, to show up with kindness and curiosity and just like, oh, okay, I was thinking about this. Let's come back to the breath. And not making it mean something about how good of a meditation practitioner you are or how disciplined, devoted, or whatever, fill in the blank, you want to add in as judgment. So letting that go. Last week on the premium podcast, so that was episode 164, I shared a guided mindfulness meditation. So if you would like to have this kind of step-by-step step that I just went through with you, guided, check it out, and I'll walk you through this whole meditation in just 10 minutes. So it's a really great way to dip your toe. Compared to the other mindful practices, meditation really gives us a chance to work, as I was saying, on that non-judgment part. And this is more difficult in other mindfulness practices. As you increase your self-awareness by bringing attention to the present moment, you start to understand your own thoughts and emotions more deeply. The more space you create, the more quiet you create, the more you'll be able to see the patterns, the more you can watch your reaction to your thoughts, to your emotion in the moment, the more you can reflect on the thoughts or the emotion, its origin, its consequences, and the more you can see the patterns that you tend to play again and again, the loops, the tapes, call it what you want to call it. The key that comes with mindfulness is to do it without getting caught up in them, entangled in them, to do it with gentleness or curiosity, kindness. So as you learn to recognize and interrupt those thoughts, you'll become more factual and develop a more positive and non-judgmental outlook on yourself and eventually on life. 
It will allow you to notice your tendency to negative self-talk and also interrupt this habit too. Reducing judgmental thoughts and behaviors then leads over time to a better regulation of your emotion and capacity to respond to difficult situation in a more positive and productive way. Over time, it increases your empathy, your compassion, which can help you be less judgmental towards others too, and instead approach them with more understanding and kindness. So it helps you not only in the moment for yourself, but it ripples in your life overall and in the people around you. You know a lot about mindfulness now, or if you did already before, you got some great reminders for you to get back on track. In the beginning, I talked about the fact that sometimes we don't do something even when we know it's good for us. Preparing yourself for a roadblock and anticipating where you might get tripped up helps you stay on track and show up with more consistency. Most people think they are too busy. <laughs> that's an interesting loop. I'm too busy to do the thing that's going to help me slow down and feel less busy. Or when they don't see the immediate benefit of mindfulness, then they choose to prioritize other activities. We lack patience. Mindfulness requires regular practice to be really effective long-term, and that could be difficult to establish new daily routines. Some people may find mindfulness practices to be intimidating or uncomfortable, particularly if they don't love introspection or they don't like being alone with their thoughts. Mindfulness requires some amount of focus, some amount of discipline, which can be challenging for some of us. And some people may not believe in the benefits of mindfulness or may think like, this is not going to really do it for them. It's not going to work for them. So my advice to you is to ask yourself, where are you the most likely to get tripped up? Is it about lack of time or motivation? Is it a difficulty to establish a routine? Is it about fear of discomfort? Is it difficulty in maintaining your focus? Is it skepticism or a lack of self-belief? Once you know, make a plan. What will you do when this comes up? Take a second. Which one came up? What can you do? What can you do so when you're faced with the discomfort, you don't quit? What can you do that when you're faced with the difficulty of maintaining your focus, you don't quit? How are you going to refocus? How are you going to be graceful with yourself? How are you going to show up in gratitude for what you've already done, right? So preparing yourself so you give yourself a chance to trip and get back up and get back on the saddle. It's important to note that mindfulness is a skill. It's not something you have or you don't have. It's a skill that can be developed with time and with patience. And everyone, everyone has the potential to reap its benefits. So both mindfulness and slowing down are important practices for your mental and your physical health, but they differ slightly as we talked about. Slowing down is about reducing the pace of your life to release stress and increase relaxation, while mindfulness is about developing your awareness and acceptance for the present moment. Slowing down is the first step to mindfulness, but in the end, they complement each other. 
You can do a body scan, you can work on slow breathing, on mindful movement, on gratitude and meditation. Those are all tools that will help you to slow down and to become more mindful. And you can start with just a few minutes a day and gradually increase the time you spend practicing mindfulness. With patience and consistent practice, you will begin to notice the positive effects in your life. If you have any further questions, reach out to me. If you would like some support to integrate this in your life, reach out to me. We'll talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. It truly, truly helps people find the podcast. So if this episode has helped you in any way, by helping other people find it, you can help even one person feel better today. You'll find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 165 and start to incorporate more mindfulness in your everyday life. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And that includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.